Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Sven, Yuste, Seif and Nermeen to discuss the importance of diversity in leadership. So before we get into it, let's work our way around the room with some quick introductions. Nermeen, do you want to kick things off? Yes, thank you. Um, my name is Nermeen. I currently work with AI engineering at Jabra, a company that works with headset hearing aids and with video devices. And on the side, I'm also the founder of Hello Ada, which is a platform to help parents show um, technology to their kids from a young age so we can increase diversity from a younger age. Great. Yuste? Hi, my name is Yuste. I work as a data manager in Nova Nordisk Foundation in Copenhagen. My um, education is in econometrics, which is development in mathematical and statistical models. Uh, but my professional career, I focused on developing analytical solutions uh, for the business that brings the most value. Great. Safe. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, uh, Saif, uh, and um, I'm a manager in data and AI at uh, Fellowmind, um, uh, one of uh, Northern Europe's uh, up-and-coming consulting companies. Um, we uh, basically create the, the foundation for, for um, a lot of companies to actually do AI and machine learning through uh, so-called data platforms. Great. And finally, Sven. Yeah, hi, my name is uh, Sven. I'm a uh... A chief specialist uh, at Vestas, we produce uh, turbines, and the area I work in is is particularly for the product. So, for example, the new digitalization of the energy industry. So that's really where where we are seated. Okay, perfect. So, now that we have established a context to each of you, let's move on to our topic in focus. So, you all have questions or statements on the importance of diversity in leadership. As usual, I'll work around the room with each of these questions and allow you to elaborate, and each of you will then have an opportunity to give your take on the situations. Okay, Sven, let's start with you, and you've asked, what ignited your drive for diversity? Do you want to explain this a little more for everyone? Oh, yeah. Uh, I come from a big engineering company, and it is really an engineering company. I'm 50 years old. Uh, I'm I'm white. I'm very privileged. I have a high education, and I think I'm I'm the archetype of uh, <laughs> of many of the engineers there. Um, and and suddenly, I actually worked in in my way through. Uh, and I can easily tell you what actually ignited my my drive. But the question actually comes uh, from a discussion I had with with our head of uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, where I got asked this question, so what actually ignited your uh, drive for diversity? Um, it actually gave me this profound why. <laughs> why, why, why? You know, how did I actually end up there? Uh, actually really wanted to, to, um, to, to, uh, to, to work for diversity because it's not, it's not a given. Uh, and, and, and I could easily uh, tell where my story actually began. And it actually began working with complexity, complex systems. Uh, we work with uh, we work with very complicated things like building a turbine. Very complicated. It's not very complex in the sense of uncertainty, like a market, like users and so on that changing their their mind. And we know that from from data science that it, you know kind of have these awkward ideas, and then we need to work through it. It's actually pretty complex uh, problems we work with. And uh, we also know nine times out of ten, it's often the problems that doesn't work. So, so it's, it's, it's this trial and error we are, we are working with. 
started to get into also this uh, software development teams and policies and all these awesome, awesome things. And one day I was uh, recommended to hear a podcast or a lecture about the hidden factor by, by Scotty Page. And I drove home, listening to this in my, my, uh, my car, and I sat in my garage and sat there for five hours before I was actually done with the podcast, right? You know, just listening, it, it just dawned on me how ignorant I have been in my entire life because it's when we're looking at diversity it's as he explains it's not only the right thing to do it's the best thing to it's the best thing we can actually do it's the diverse perspectives we can get in and it all speaks to data science and sample models uh, stacking problems uh, and all of this you know that we have so so it really really that really spoke to me but that was what I presented to uh, to our diversity uh, diversity lead he is 50 years old. He's a mathematician like me, statistician. He speaks to me. So it's really, really interesting. You know, he asked me this question, what, what really ignited your way to it? And it wasn't Scott. What it actually was, was a lady called Layla, uh, who has something called disruptive design, the on-school principle. And she's just crazy good, you know? And, and that was actually what ignited my, it was my, my way of actually doing something different, something disruptive, doing and and it, it just dawned on me that there was a complete world I, I hadn't uh, dived into. So that's actually my why. And the why is because it's the best thing to do. It's not only the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do, but it's also the best thing to do. No, yeah, that's really interesting. Yusu, what do you think? Yeah, I actually really liked Sven's question. When I started, I, I just like, I didn't spend five hours, I guess, thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> But it came. Uh, it actually really was a good reflection to why do I actually care and why do I have to say yeah I'm ambassador for it and uh, so so I guess in my case that would be experience and seeing how I'm coming from quite a well also like spent quite a statistical mathematical world where majority currently in the market at least are actually males. And in my career, I mostly worked with the males, actually. And in the projects, projects that I had been, I mainly worked with male uh, colleagues, which is awesome. And they're really wonderful people. Uh, but I could feel the difference, I'd say, how um, uh, that added value that creates the, the different minds and different the way of thinking, different way of looking at things, both ways, actually. I learned extremely a lot from different way of thinking from uh, uh, like personally also, not only on a professional level, on a project, how things can be done better, how I would do differently and how they would do differently. But uh, I think that, that the driver is uh, seeing that actually it works and uh, creating this, the teams that actually are diverse. It both could be gender, could be, you know, anything else. And as we know, the, the list can be endless and we will come to that in the, uh, later. Uh, so it's basically, I think, by seeing it, that it works and that it uh, can come in two different ways, fast track or incremental, you know, it can come, it's coming naturally, but in some companies, it's also fast track that uh, that works. And that, of course, will come to my question about quotas. But yeah, personal experience. Yeah, great. And Nermeen, what do you think? Um, I would also maybe jump on the whole personal experience part. I think. Um, I come from quite a cosmopolitan background. I always like had diversity in my core. So 
So my mom is from Morocco. My dad is from Egypt. I grew up in Denmark and I went to a French school. So I feel like I've always been very used to have a lot of different cultures and people around me. So I think diversity was never the question. It was just normal for me. Um, in the circles I was interacting, it's only when I started studying technology, software, and uh, also getting into entrepreneurship that I was like, oh, there's not as many, for example, women or even women of color uh, specifically um, that I realized, oh, that is a problem. But it's also when you start actually discussing the, the problems, then even gender bias, for example, in AI, you just start realizing, oh, it's because there is also not a demographic that necessarily understands it right now in this in the current roles that are working with it so I think it's, it's definitely a mix of personal experience but also just kind of um, getting exposed a little bit more to the adult work and seeing that how hard we try to create a fair equal and inclusive society if we don't involve all parties and in, in having their say then we're not able to communicate for them so if we want to create a product that allows every single person to feel represented. We also need everyone to be able to speak up for it. Um, so a little bit uh, bouncing off back on Sven's really good quote is like, it's not just the right solution, but it's also the best solution in terms of how diverse a society is. Yeah, definitely. And Safe, what's your thoughts? Um, I, I can I can totally relate to to the personal experience here. Um, um, for my for my part, I think I, I, I have been for I'm uh, maybe ignoring the 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 fact that um, I, I sometimes uh, is the face of diversity because uh, along my professional career wherever I I, I have um, uh, worked uh, I, I have ended up in in some kind of leading uh, leading position and um, uh, after a while uh, I, I I tend to see that uh, what the leaders of of the, the the organization I was currently at, they kind of thought different about stuff, uh, or or I I felt different about how stuff should work, um, and and the, I mean there was a lot of questions around uh, equality between between uh, men and women, uh, which which made me wonder. Okay, so so why why is that the only the, the only thing that is important? Surely there are other type of traits that are should be equal as well um, uh, and then when I when I stepped into to Philemon and I, I got the chance to actually form my own team uh, I noticed that my team was the only diverse team in in the company um, uh, and and then I, I I of course got got children and then Suddenly, I, I realized that um, uh, well, if I if I don't actually take on these, if I don't recognize this and realize that that this should actually be done by me, uh, not expecting anyone else to do it, but but by by myself uh, uh, in my in my team, um, uh, then it won't be done. Um, and uh, that I specifically noted when when the team actually got up in speed and started doing stuff. We were doing stuff differently. We were doing stuff uh, uh, more more aware about what we were doing. Um, and the ideas and the perspectives were were generally a lot uh, wider than than what what was reported from other teams. Um, so so I I realized that okay. So this is this is what it is, 
Uh, and it suddenly became very clear to me that uh, this is something that uh, absolutely should be discussed more. Um, and uh, and it's in those discussions, uh, as you mentioned, and I mean that that that's when things actually happen. Uh, so it, it's it's a very personal uh, journey, but uh, and very long. But but uh, it is now that counts. So that's yeah. my my opinion. Do you think just another question to add here that it that really was you having kids that made you then realize that you had to do something about it? Is that what started this? I mean, yes, it 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 surely uh, accelerated it, uh, because um, uh, I mean, I I want I, my experience in this journey has 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 it has been both positive and and negative. I I I came um, uh, very small, didn't know anything about this. Actually, didn't have any type of identity, to be honest, uh, and I didn't I didn't come from uh, a background. Where identity was a thing to have, so uh, but but during the way I learned that the, the people have an identity of me, uh, which uh, made me of course think that my children should never should never go through um, a similar type of 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 things. So so yeah, it accelerated the way I I want them to think about stuff because you know if you. If you if you kind of um, uh, end up in this cycle uh, within within your your own world, if you create this view that that oh he is privileged or or you are not privileged, and I know this is a common fact, but if you gain that that uh, that ideas as part of your identity, then you're not actually approaching the problem. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that means that for, from my with my background, you you kind of becoming a, a victimized. You, you victimize your own identity. So uh, in that sense, it 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 when having kids is accelerated. What do I want to actually communicate to my kids here? Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it's not my experience that I should communicate. Really, it's what world do I do do I want uh, today and in the future? So it, yeah. it surely did accelerate it uh, uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, great. So next up, we'll move on to Yuste. You'd like to discuss the pros and the cons of diversity and inclusion quotas. So do you want to elaborate a little bit for us? Yeah, well, this question actually kind of keeps bothering me. And it's because I have a, a bit split feelings about it. Uh, in, I, hear both sides, uh, both pros and cons, and I think I actually just wanted to kind of bring this discussion here uh, to this podcast uh, and hear your thoughts, guys, on it. Uh, because personally, well, as I mentioned also before, there are two ways to, to approach diversity, right? There is incremental way of doing it, where you're going together with the society and then new generations coming and, you know, waiting for the time that it will come and it will become a norm. And another way of doing it is a fast track. Uh, meaning where the quotas fits more in that model, uh, where you embrace it with the certain instruments to achieve that the diversity. And uh, I'm, if you look, for example, at a climate change, right, which is, well, we do all agree there, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, so the same with the diversity. If we all agree that diversity is actually on a worldwide scale, it is uh, an issue. 
and then you know it's more like i don't know if it's possible to compare these two things in my world i see that maybe it should be compared in the same way should we apply the fast track instruments for such a topic like diversity or not and but on the other hand it's uh, the, the the cons towards that is it's quite strong also you because i'm especially because that will be targeted I was born female, I identified myself as a female, so that means it will be also, told, I will be affected by that. That means I, I because I don't want to get position only because I'm a female. It's a, it's, you know, it's not cool feeling, it's, it, nobody wants that. So it's, it's, I have really split feelings about it, and uh, I do hear both sides, um, but I also see that it's quite needed. And uh, I think I, that's in this topic, I had more than five hours uh, of uh, discussions <laughs> with myself and my friends around it, uh, because uh, we do have a pattern, you know, as a, it's a very researched field about the glass ceiling um, effects in, in organizations, but for uh, gender inequality, especially, that, you know, it's not something that we, I'd say, that we are aware of. But it is the way societies build historically, so we keep inheriting it, and it's only the generations from generations that will change that. And you know, work to family conflicts uh, that actually, especially the female parts, are having in their life, uh, if they want to go through the glass ceiling, so they need to adopt the culture to the leadership stereotypes, and that to be you know the the strong one or the uh, going forward, uh, so those stereotypes that are there. So, so I'm a, I'm a little bit split because I'm right now in the market, and the you know the the stereotypes are there now, even though I might be already more of the younger generation mindset, but I'm facing problems here and now. So I, in one way, I wouldn't mind if it would be there. Then I would be easier. The change would happen faster. There's a lot of research is also done towards the. Uh, social responsibility that it comes to the companies that has a diverse uh, uh, board members uh, has more has more uh, focused towards um, sustainability uh, also uh, you know parental leave and uh, that work to family conflict is actually lower for both genders in such a companies so yeah so I want to hear your thoughts about it maybe experience actually are you working in a company where it's very strict not on overall statistical level on a company, but more, you know, uh, board members, leadership team, is there quotas and what do you think about it? Yeah, Narmeen, what do you think? Um, yeah, <laughs> so I think maybe just to answer off on the last thing, I think I, I both worked at a company that really cared about that at diversity quotas and I worked at a company that didn't want to care about it uh, out of respect for hiring the best talent and not making it the first requirement. And I think um, I agree a lot um, on the pack on the part that it's a good nudge and reminder of checking diversity by having those quotas because people in HR positions or even managers would um, have a more inclined to to look towards what they already have in their teams. So if they already only have men in their teams, then they usually feel more comfortable just hiring hiring a similar profile because then it doesn't disrupt too much the team's team dynamic. So sometimes it's nice to have those diversity inclusion quotas just to make sure that we do look at it. But my personal experience is that it's more of a con, at least in my career, it's been more of a con um, because I feel like because it's become, it's perceived as a take off and solve problem 
now because of the quotas. I feel like people just see it as a bandit solution of like, oh, I have 10% uh, women in this field and we have one person of color. So thing we, we were diverse <laughs> in the workplace and and you know of course it's it's better than nothing i'm not gonna be like ungrateful i think it's it's a good step in the right direction but i think it does foster um a culture of thinking that that's enough when it's not enough we're working it's it's not a sprint we're doing a marathon of getting a more diverse and inclusive workplace and if we just do it a little bit more of like a checklist people really think it's it's done when you have hired the amount of people it's also about building the environment for it and um because i've also um been like regularly one of the few or the only girls in my team i think a lot of people have asked me uh if i was a diversity hire which is also makes me feel a little like i am hired because i am good at my job or at least i hope i am but because of these diversity and inclusion quota, you never really know anymore because you might also be that little um, quota of diversity, which is not a nice feeling when you get into the field that you maybe have to argue um, your way into like, oh, I'm, uh, I am competent. I'm not just a good statistic on, uh, on your papers. Um, so I think that, I think it's nice that we are having them because it, it also, um, allows more uh, focus on it but I also think sometimes especially HR teams can also use it as a promoter for all we are looking at social justice and and that kind of misguides the conversation away from the actual issue. Mm-hmm. Did you have something to add there Yuste? Yeah I just want to say that I really like the the thought around the that you know the quotas uh, actually they did create it already I think uh, that the kind of feeling uh, for 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 me, I hear it also for you, Nermeen, that you kind of sometimes need, need to explain or excuse yourself that, you know, or kind of, yeah, kind of elaborate for people that, you know, I am in my position, not only because I'm female and that the company has quotas, but only because I'm good at what I'm doing. So I actually really support that, uh, that thought. Great. And safe. what do you think? I, I, I have uh, been asked this question, what I think about this. <laughs> uh, from our female CEO um, um, and and some other leaders I, I have talked to, um, and um, I mean I, I I see it the same here that uh, the the right the right skills uh, at the right time and the right place, um, and and that should determine really where where you you end up. Um, because uh, if you if you kind of say that now we have to have a certain type of people, then then that's actually just put more fire, more more wood in the fire, or more fuel on the fire. Um, uh, so I, I mean, even if it's um, even if it's a good door opener, uh, I see it as a door opener. It's good that we we get in some people uh, there, but it doesn't really. Uh, change uh, the, the systematic way of, of actually choosing people. Uh, so if HR would like to be more diverse, then they should look at what actually, how does actually our processes look like and who is hiring? Uh, because it's not really about, okay, you have to have a, a female or a male or, or a certain background. It's more you as a leader, what are you what is in your mind when you take the decision of hiring this person or that person? Uh, that should be more the guiding principle uh, that that the leader should be educated in 
and who who might be the right person here? Uh, what perspectives can that person uh, bring to the team? Not not really just about um, uh, I have to have a certain amount of people, so my KPIs looks well. Uh, so if you have that, then 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 that type of of of, uh, of process is not really a good hiring process. Uh, so, so I'm I'm more into that. It's more uh, it's a more a con to be honest. Um, I I rather want to see other type of of um, measurements in place to to measure diversity, uh, because as you said, just it's not nice feeling getting that question even uh, Nermeen, to get that question is not nice because it's like what. <laughs> um, uh, so um, yeah, that's my take. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's uh, I, that's nice to hear your thoughts. Uh, but I also want to kind of challenge a little bit on that uh, by you know because there's always in debates uh, both sides. And uh, one of the arg arguments is uh, of course what you just just mentioned. But uh, another argument about uh, how to hire the best uh, by the skills is uh, is is you know uh, argument uh, for uh, quotas is to just not look at it as KPIs. But look at it that you don't know how it's not about that you don't know but it's about that your team actually will uh, deliver better solutions that maybe the ones that you're not aware of today due to our you know experience that we only had not diverse teams so it's it's more about the, we always kind of have an idea when we hire a person what we kind of want and what that person will deliver but the idea, I think, of quotas, or I think the way I would like to see them, even though that's not how it ended up in a market, but the way that I would like to see them is that we uh, we should uh, open up a, a possibility because research does show that we do, uh, I'd say, find a lot of good outcomes. It has a lot of good things coming out of the team, diverse teams. So in that case, it's not about hiring the best not about focusing on that specific skills for that specific position, but it's focusing on collaboration, inclusion, and the common results that that team will deliver. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does, and and um, I, I totally totally understand that that point of view. Um, uh, the, the 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 challenge with um, the collective uh, the, the collective uh, uh, performance is is that. Uh, as a hiring manager, you don't even know how to measure that. Uh, so if you don't know that, then how 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 do you how do you know that you're going to include other people? I mean, there are even financial research showing that 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 more diverse team even brings better financial performance. Um, um, but but I, I feel like a, a lot of um, of of our colleagues uh, is not really aware of of that that type of of uh, uh, thoughts or ideas. Um, yeah, and what about you, Sven? What do you think? Yeah, I was just, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to when I can actually contribute positive to a, a <laughs> inclusion target or a diversity target here. But it, um, I actually, uh, we, we actually have customers who require that we actually have a diversity and inclusion program, right? You know, so so we also need to report on where we are and so on. So, so there is also a, a kind of like a, a, a trading mechanism in, in the numbers, in the KPIs. I like them um, because I do need to have diverse leadership where we mostly uh, measure this on. And I need this because I need the difference uh, in my leadership to actually go around and ask so to, to, uh, to, 
to have some complex problems and to solve. And I can, you know, I come from a, a, a more individual contributor uh, position, been looking down, and suddenly have people reporting to me. How do you actually handle uh, stress? How do you handle family problems and all of this? And here I actually had to turn around and, and you know, if it's everybody are engineers, then what? How do I tackle this? So I need these uh, these diverse perspectives, and I'm not only talking about it's also parental leave, right? How do we get equity in parental leave? So so it is it is this. Um, I think that the, the leadership is is incredibly important, and the targets are incredibly important there. They they will drive it. Uh, they will also drive the, the hiring. And I can I can definitely understand, and and you know it's it's uh, uh, it's it's really interesting to hear these uh, these cons uh, because I don't think we are there yet. Uh, in where I come from, um, so it's a, it's a, for, for us. It's I think it's a it's a it's a pro where, where I'm at. Um, and then interesting, I think when I heard it the first time that we needed to have like so many women, we are we approximately 25 in 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 my uh, my area. We have 18 nationalities, so we have a lot of the the the, the nationality. Uh, Perspectives there, right? But it, but um, we have 25% women, and that's simply not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of different perspectives, and you know, like different uh, backgrounds, and so on. So, so all is good there. But but still, I, I feel that there is an imbalance uh, that we need to need to make up on in in my area. Um, but it's quite interesting when when I address diversity and I address this with with a quota, people get this um, this ah, I can't be true, you know. And and it's usually my side of the room. I kind of get this, you know, because we try, you know, does it does it hurt our privileges? So I actually think that the the, the discussion is actually really help helping because the privileges are something we are given, something we are born with. And yeah, you know, starting to to move around, you know, this does does it actually move the power spectrum? What are we actually, you know, so it's it's incredibly helpful discussion, I think, right now. Yeah. And if I could add a uh, in very, I'm very happy you mentioned about in very special, especially in regards of a stress and job strain. Uh, that uh, you know how to solve that, and uh, well, it is hard to say. Also, uh, uh, last ceiling what I mentioned before is is actually uh, it was research around it, and it actually it's it's one of the things that helps to reduce the stress uh, in organizations. Uh, so it's a uh, it's, it's not of course the it's, it, there is a correlation between the, the job strain and the lower existence, or how to not exist. So, a glass ceiling, I guess, well, glass ceiling always exists in some way or another, but uh, I'd say, uh, uh, yeah, less uh, glass ceiling uh, helps uh, to attack. Mm-hmm. So, makes sense. Okay, great. I think we can all agree that was quite a good question from you, Yusta. Um, some really good insights there. So we'll move on to SAFE then. Uh, you've asked to discuss the leadership styles that you think are required, such as inclusive leaderships. So do you want to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, so um, uh, I mean, many of the many of the, the, the topics uh, that is around this uh, and when it comes to to um, uh, diversity, I mean the, we are moving more and more into into different type of of diversities. Diversities. So first, uh, we have a diversity of markets, 
uh, demand is is shifting more and more to to emerging markets, uh, and and uh, there are new types of 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 uh, middle class or or other type of consumers in in this in these markets, and and they are basically right now the biggest uh, growth opportunities for for a lot of companies. Uh, second is the diversity of customers. Even the 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 consumers are are becoming very very diverse. Um, and uh, that is as well leads us to to the one that we've talked about a lot here is the is the diversity of ideas uh, that is in within within uh, working teams or or uh, or different type of of diverse teams. Um, uh, and um, the fourth uh, thing here is as well the diversity of of talent. Uh, and and this creates the basically the new the new type of of um, uh, domain for leaderships because I mean the the old leadership styles uh, uh, they they um, uh, they are timeless in 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 many ways the way they give direction the clarity uh, etc but the the way this leadership is executed uh, in in this new domain. Um, uh, is not really uh, uh, what is expected of, of um, uh, this domain. Uh, that means basically that a new leadership style uh, uh, is emerging as as, um, uh, as named here, the, the inclusive leadership. Uh, and, and that means that the, the leaders that, that executes in this new domain thinks differently about how different type of decisions are taken. And then again, when we talk about quota, we talk about other type of 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 uh, classical or, or timeless uh, efforts that that we want to that, that the traditional leadership styles have have uh, generated uh, it, it it it's becoming more and more obvious that 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 is more something that should be done rather than it should be part of your your leadership style um, and 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 uh, when it comes to to inclusive uh, uh, leadership it's um, uh, you, 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 that type of leadership has uh, a set of of um, um, uh, traits that is more uh, uh, that provides a more common uh, uh, ground for navigating in this new domain. Um, and so I'm I'm very curious to 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 uh, listen and see what 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 do you think about this. Uh, uh, new domain because we are going into this new domain um, and and if the classical uh, leadership styles actually work there. Good question. So Sven, what do you think? Ooh, um, <laughs> I absolutely think that we need better leaders. That's that's for one thing, right? You know that, <laughs> and I think um, I think it's very important that the leaders take their own uh, stereotypes first. Uh, you know, become very much aware of their their blind spots, because if if you're not self-aware and work with it constantly, right? How can you actually then include? Uh, that that's 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 absolute one thing here. But I actually one of the things is is this um, uh, when we are looking at at some of the new ways of actually being leaders, leading from the center. When we are looking at more empowered teams, and we are looking at uh, yeah, there's there's many, you know, where the organization and technology kind of like becomes one organism. We need to lead differently. And this actually, I you know, I find it actually quite inspiring when we're looking at at that and then 
and you, you're going more into a coaching leadership more than command and control. I actually, it, that is something, you know, you, you ask a lot of questions to get the uh, diverse perspectives and then you, you make decisions based on that, right? So, so it, it, I actually think it, it, there's something there's something going on right now in the in the tech industry, in the data science industry, that where we really uh, are funneling towards this more symbiosis of, of the leaders that are required is also the leaders that actually can drive for this better outcome. Yeah, great. And you, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, well, I agree with Sven actually, especially towards, uh, you know, the that organizations are changing very fast. And we are actually a big part of it. And we, I already, you know, in my, well, I'm still a younger professional as such. So even in my career, I already saw how fast organizations can change. And uh, especially the market we work, uh, the data and analytics it's, it's super yeah it's, it's changed super fast so in that case I think it's it's advantage uh, especially for the leaders in in our area uh, because then then you're kind of more open uh, for because you don't know what's going to be tomorrow or you don't know what's going to be invented in you know a year or half a year well more or less but you know so it's, it's kind of like a less known market where I think in more traditional areas like maybe finance or uh, other a little bit more, uh, I'd say, having a very clear, uh, robust uh, basis basis for running the business. I think their leadership style uh, will change slower, and it's a bit harder to to even push, not necessarily push, but in general, just to see the changing of the leadership style in those areas. But in our areas, inclusive leadership, I think, will come much faster. So it's it's a good timing, and we are in a good field that way to see that change and actually drive that change. So that's why I think that, you know, people around this table are, is, are the ones that we, are, we can uh, show what is the inclusive leadership. And for me, it's very important, as also Sven mentioned, it is visible commitment, you know, it is awareness of bias. Uh, it is uh, being aware of your weaknesses and improving on a daily basis and curiosity about others. And a, and a cultural intelligence and effective collaboration. All of these things, uh, for me at least, that's the, when I when I saw the question. That's what is for me inclusive leadership. And I think uh, yeah, in, our, in our market, it, it 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 will come faster, and we should show and drive this uh, change. Yeah. Okay. And Nermeen, what do you think? Um, I agree with all of the points. Um, I think maybe going back to like the original question, I think. I wouldn't necessarily talk about leadership style um, because a little bit going also back to the first statement that's been made was like, we need better leaders. I think, I don't think it's affected by necessarily diversity and inclusion as the topic. I think in general, leaders should uh, prompt inclusivity regardless of diversity and inclusion because I think a good leader is someone that's emotionally intelligent, someone that's empathetic and can strategically use what leadership style you want to do did you want to take with their team at any given moment and kind of adapt it because sometimes um the inclus inclusivity is a really good trait to have at most times but sometimes a leader needs to to be something else than inclusive and i think um i would then say maybe it should be something that's just more integrated into the culture rather than the leadership style i think culture i think does a lot to enable everyone to think inclusively instead of one leader kind of 
sometimes like it feels like a leader could maybe force that direction if the team is not feeling like the culture is really uh, forming and shaping that direction. So I would say that um, even though I, I completely agree that inclusive leadership is something that is shaping up and that is super important, I think it is more important that leaders focus on creating an inclusive culture than an inclusive leadership style, because I think that is what is going to, in the long run, uh, allow us to be more inclusive and allow more room for diversity, because even the employees will be ambassadors for diversity and inclusion rather than leader taking the whole um, responsibility on themselves. Just to, to, to kind of clarify, so you think there is a difference between inclusive leadership and inclusive culture? Isn't that the leaders should create an inclusive culture? Or I'd say I, words I, on that? Yes, um, I think a culture is something that a team builds, whereas an inclusive leadership is something that is led by a person. Mm. And I think that's where I, I am the, the small semantics. Obviously, the leader needs to prompt the inclusive culture. So it you're very tight. So in that sense, uh, um, I agree. But I think the culture is still something that a team together um, fosters. And even if I tell you, hey, diversity is important, if you don't see it in the culture, you will not you'll be like, OK, cool. Like that's that sounds super nice. Um, On to the next topic of agenda. Like, I don't know if. Uh, every company has their strategy and their core values and you set them out and you write them. But if I, if my leader doesn't foster a culture where these strategy values actually are being put in practice and I understand them and I can relate to them as a team member, then I would not as actively participate in promoting that value. So I think it's, it's more of like allowing a ping pong in the team environment, in a leadership team, than um, having someone just guiding blindly sometimes. Uh, we're like, oh, we need more diversity. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a really good purpose, but how and where and what does it mean for our team and for our company? Fair enough. I see it as very much intertwined, actually, those two things. But, uh... Um, I, I I totally agree on that, um, uh, but I, I, I kind of see that uh, in, in a lot of organizations that I go to, they put a lot of responsibility for the culture on the leader. So all the leaders is somehow ambas the first ambassadors, I would say, uh, to, to spread that culture and, and, uh, and to, to at least increase the, the awareness of the desired culture of, of what the strategy uh, should be around that, um, and 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 this is where where I mean that there is a lot of of course uh, a lot of uh, subcultures depending on where whereabouts this company is uh, and what type of people there are. So uh, it, even even though that that um, the ideal would be that the the culture generated by by the teams and the members and the, and there is a there is a a, a, a common um, uh, understanding of, of what we want in this culture uh, it's not always the case uh, in many large companies especially when they are spread out in different geographic locations uh, uh, due to the fact that the, 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 there are more hom homogeneous people uh, in different locations than other locations. Uh, and I find that to be a very, very big challenge uh, uh, in, 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 in actually uh, how do we do diversity? Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, I completely agree. I think where I maybe, at least my experience in, in, in the companies I've been in is that usually... I don't know if you've had you have those clubs that are like oh um 
um, black at the company or women at the company, these type of clubs. And from what I see, it's never a leader or HR or anyone that's prompting for these communities to be built. It's usually someone internally being like, hey, I want us to sit down together and talk about how we can make this more diverse and inclusive. And maybe it's my experiences that are a bit different, but I do see that it's usually prompted by someone in that community that is like, um, I want to do more for our community so that we feel more included because it also make my everyday life better. Um, whereas a leader, even if you want to prompt this, um, sometimes the leader could be someone that is outside of some of the diversity quotas that are missing in the organization. And then it's a bit harder. For example, my manager cares a lot about having more women in, in, in the tech field, but he is also a man. So he doesn't really understand what the struggles are. And some, I always ask me or other women to, to kind of engage in the debate and I'll tell him what to do or tell what the company what to do. And I think that's also why I'm, I, I agree with your points, both of you, but I think it's just more that it's more of a ping pong rather than the leader kind of like if the, if the team doesn't interact with it, I don't think that the actual inclusive leadership style will be fruitful. Yeah, great. So finally, on to our last question then is with you, Nervin, and you'd like to discuss how to modernize leadership for gender and race inclusion. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, um, I think we touched a lot about the topics I wanted to discuss. I think this is more, I would like to hear more of a, a conclusive, um, more actionable um, determination from everyone. I think uh, modernizing leadership is still something that continuously gets brought up now with the, the whole racial and gender equality debates being a bigger part. Um, I don't know if I can mention Adidas, but Adidas has, have had a lot of internal struggle with race run counter and um, because of people not thinking that the company spoke out it both internally and externally enough about some of the accusation that you had thrown at them. And um, also with Black Lives Matter, the last, I think it was last year or the year before, there was also um, a lot of companies being asked to vocalize internally and externally about these matters. And it's it's not just with race, it's also in gender and other um, diversity areas. And we are more and more, a little bit like Justa was talking about, it's not merely about the numbers and it's not also um, it was, uh, many have, might have seen in the Danish media, so it's not about having a one-and-done policy of co-opting one woman or one black or brown person into the board and say, hey, we're inclusive. Um, so it's, and also the debate of having diversity as only one race or one gender, it's like we don't see gender, that doesn't help either. So how do we actually address diversity nowadays where everyone has an opinion and as a leader, you also need to sometimes take a personal stand and say, what is it that I think about this matter? Where before I think we we always kept it business and professional. Now companies are, are asked to take a stand about many diversity issues. So how do we modernize the leadership for these, um, for inclusion in a world that wants us to be more personal about it? Yeah, great. Safe, what do you think? I think uh, that um, one, one way of, of actually approaching this is to be, uh, uh, to, to, to actually have courage to talk about this type of stuff, uh, to, to raise whenever there is an, 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 um, uh, an issue or something that has come up that, that needs to be discussed. Uh, 
so having courage is is uh, is something that 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 could be that could be more uh, promoted in, inside companies to to actually speak up and that should on the other side then lead to that that courage is accepted Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that you you recognize that this is actually a, a courageous uh, act by by a leader or by anyone really in an organization, uh, and should be taken uh, and should be taken into consideration. What what is the issue? And then somehow do a communication plan on how to to communicate this type of issues. Mm-hmm. And Sven, what do you think? Yeah, there was mentioned a lot of these big big companies that had these struggles, right? In in and mainly in US, right? And and I actually was in, in an American company 10 years ago where we also got educated in this um, being diverse and inclusion. But that was more from a legal standpoint, right? So you sign here, so we can't sue you. And and it, it's it's that that didn't feel uh, feel right. Uh, so, but from from my own, it, you know, we actually had just had a a some great. Uh, education on it and there is kind of like a like a 20 item uh thing we can do as leaders so they have the the group that the, the diversity integrity uh group has created this uh, small habits you can change so the language the the way you address people the way you have conversations and, it, and it's basically just these uh, these items where you could take one item you focus on every week and you just do it you just continue this this uh, these these small habit changes, and I actually found that that was quite brilliant. Just the language I use, uh, just just try you know use Google. Uh, what do I do? What do I say? Is this uh, intimidating? What what is this? You know, is this inclusive or is this exclusive? So it's so really uh, do this uh, self learning and and trying to to break one's habits uh, because I can easily say you know that I actually. Uh, would like to hire and and we we do see problems in our in our you know in in the in the leadership that we actually have nursing you know that the, the, the people on, on on the way so there is something here you know hire uh, from you know even you know really really from the bottom up with uh, giving a chance reaching out um said so for example also that we have 18 nationality i i i you know it's it's fantastic to to have all these nationalities, right? So I don't say it's much about race, right? But it's it's a nationality, and the reason why this is so fantastic is because they come from different universities, and these different universities they have different backgrounds. So suddenly we have these different religions fighting. It's a good thing, you know. Not all meetings needs to be nice. But also actually be aware of that. Not all meetings needs to be nice. It might actually be healthy to 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 have some. Uh, hard conversations and that's maybe where we need to have the courage also saying hey i actually don't think that we had a very inclusive conversation before what was that all about you know but you need to identify that this is not an inclusive conversation and that by you actually need to in my case at least i need to really be able to speak to the to the to the items i need i need to for example speak to the business case of 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 diversity i need to speak to the how to be inclusive <laughs> if i can't speak to that then i cannot uh, so it's a lot for me at least it's it's studying and it's really reaching out in the corners and follow the threats and and and, and see what can i do uh, learn the math behind it at least that has been, that has helped me tremendously is actually learning the the math behind it because there is math behind it. so it's kind of like pythagoras we cannot run around it it's it's the best thing to do 
So, so, so that's where I find a lot of uh, inspiration as leader to really focus on the, uh, the the different perspectives, and they come in nationalities and they come in gender. That's uh, that that's kind of my my pitch to it. No, that's great. And then finally, you still, what do you think? Well, I'm definitely going to contact Sven after this uh, podcast and he'll ask for that material. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree that the, the, there is a math and there is a logic behind the, the diversity and the inclusion, uh, how to approach people and how to talk with people. So, so I will just repeat once again, curiosity and courage. Uh, and being open about it and uh, reading doing your doing your homeworks about it basically if you have a if you have a goal you know to be the how to modernize the leaders you can ask that question right so if if, if as a personal leader you want to go that direction so then it, it doesn't come automatically it doesn't come you know by sitting and kind of thinking what to do it's just it's literally do the research uh, there is a lot of research around it and it's, uh, you know, improving and going further and further and combining research uh, and, and, you know, so it's, it's a lot to, to kind of catch up for us, or at least for me personally, uh, you know, it's a sense that it opens, it kind of opens a new world uh, understanding that the small change in your language, small change in your behavior, or it can actually include uh, make people, People basically feel better. They feel more, uh, you know, safe. Maybe it's a big word. It's not like uh, physically safe or anything, but but being able to actually feel good uh, and and that uh, that will, I'm pretty sure, will break down the, the glass ceiling as such because that's where it comes from. It comes from not being safe, feeling that you're treated differently. Maybe you're not treated on a paper. Maybe you cannot sue, you know, the company as back to that legal signature, but but you feel treated differently and and by if leadership that is all have let's see thinks about it on an everyday basis on every uh, step or every sentence then you know you kind of open up the world and people will speak up uh, louder i'm pretty sure okay great so i think that was a really great way to uh, finish up with the podcast um, and we'll leave it there then for today so i do just really want to take this opportunity to thank all of you nermeen you stay safe and Sven, for providing some great insights into the topic today i thoroughly enjoyed myself as i always do um, but hopefully each of you can take something away from our discussion as well as our listeners of course um, and if you would like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts please reach out to me on linkedin or by email at shan.vance at evolution-nordics.com. I hope you've enjoyed listening. This has been the Evolution Exchange Podcast. See you next time.